Hello, we're the Sticky Bomb Boys. I'm David. And I'm not. Welcome back to the podcast. We're halfway through this series already, can you believe? This week was Dessert Week. We've surely heard all the puns by now. Getting your just desserts, something about deserts, or the fact that stressed is desserts backwards, or how I'd never desert you. They're all quite tired now, aren't they? I mean, I was trying to come up with a new one, and I did work out that if you get rid of two of the S's and two of the E's from the words dessert week, you get the word twerked, if that counts for anything. Mm, I don't think it does, really. Nice try, though. Thank you. You're very nice for pudding up with me. (laughs) Stop that, Michael. Let's get going, shall we? Fine, but only if we can play some ads first. Go on, then. 
I don't know. I was just like gutted for her. Like it was so heartbreaking when she was like, I'm going to do so well this week. I'm going to really work so hard. And then, yeah, she burned her plums. <laughs> I think she was driving the struggle train, carriage after carriage after carriage. I also think that Carol has kind of got stranger as the series has progressed. So maybe this was a good week to bow out because I don't know what should have been like come the final. The chin chili cream as well. I thoroughly enjoyed that she was making chin chili. <laughs> and bless her, you know that someone's going to do it. But when, I don't know if you remember in the final our final Steph put cold water in her bath to do the steam whatever we were doing souffles or something and it was the same thing but at least Steph realized when she tipped out the first one I love the way that Carol was like number six is this one gonna work it's like no they were, all, they were all in the same oven in the same cold water Carol it was the same as last week where James was making his like doorstop thick uh crackle and they were like has to be thin they'd cut to him with his like wedge of three inches thick it was the same when it came to the water they were like you gotta use boiling water or it won't work as she pours in tepid lukewarm water bless her i really felt for her because it felt like her flavors were going to be delicious and it just didn't it just didn't work out for whatever reason well not for whatever reason because the water wasn't hot that's the reason <laughs> yeah they did they did really like her flavors i mean she shot her load onto the floor as well with her chin, chin chili <laughs> That splat as well. The chin chili was everywhere. <laughs> Question, Michael. Yes. I am not a fan of this, so I'm putting it on the table now. Pipettes. This thing with pipettes. It looks like a medical device as part of a bake. But isn't it so that you can like squirt it without it um, going soggy? So it's like a because if you if you squirt too soon, you go a bit wet. But if you, if, if it's like a post squirt, the post squirt gives it a bit of freshness, a bit of pop, a bit of pizzazz. But like it's not like wet. Do you know what I mean? It's true, but maybe don't serve it with them sticking out of it because it just looks a bit gross. I just think you're being a snob. Uh, and I thought Janusz's presence looked lovely. Um, I got confused about the whole tanning lotion conversation. Why is Paul eating his tanning lotion? And I I assumed from his shade of mahogany that he used beds, not not lotions. Yeah, and I love the fact that it's not sun cream, it's tanning lotion, because it definitely yes. is tanning lotion. <laughs> Did you notice actually that Janusz had his t-shirt matched the exact colour tone of Paul's face? Really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I think the tanning lotion thing was the fact that some sunscreens, when they have coconut flavour, they do taste like the coconut flavour ring you use. So I think Janusz didn't just use Deske coconut, I think he put a coconut extract in. Right. And talking of extracts, when we went to Shabira, 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 uh, using watermelon essence in her steamed pudding, of course she was. How on earth is she going to use an actual watermelon in there? In there? <laughs> yeah, I think it's one of those ones where certain things like watermelon and cherry, it's okay, like the actual flavourings don't taste like the original thing, but that's okay. Like... I don't know, I was quite happy with the idea of hers being quite a strong, fake watermelon flavour. Right, and they looked stunning and incredible. I didn't quite understand how they were cracking like they were, but they looked fab. And she made a lychee custard and taro ice cream all in that time. Ice yeah. cream in two hours. That's wild. And taro ice cream is amazing. Hers seemed like they were a bit more like a bao kind of rice-based cake with the way they split at the top they honestly mm. i thought she should have got extra points for just going like 10 steps beyond everyone every else. week every week shabira shabira really pushes the envelope about, about what she can do and like i'm so i'm so excited to see what she does every week because i know that i will never have thought of whatever she's doing which i think is amazing on the flip side <laughs> it's probably perhaps not to say it wasn't amazing kevin before i start <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like clouty dumplings are perhaps more traditional and I thought they were perfect and I was so furious with all of that judging when Paul and Prue were like oh it needs to be lighter and less stodgy have you ever had a clouty dumpling in your life and also a steamed pudding steamed puddings are known to be a bit more claggy right. and dense so just like 
if, if they wanted a really light and fluffy one, they should have put that in the brief. But yeah, right. I agree. I thought Kevin's, like the idea, I'm sure they tasted incredible. I completely agree. And they said they looked messy. Of course they do. It's a cookie dumpling. He made them traditionally. Like he, he tied them in a cloth. So like, of course the cloth is never going to look the exact same. I thought he did a really good job and I was so cross with all of their judging of them. Because I was like, he has made authentic cookie dumplings, which take ages in two hours. Back off. <laughs> He did give quite generous drams of whiskey, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, he huge glasses of whiskey. Um, what did we think of Paul calling Dawn his mum when there's a four-year age gap there? Bit weird. Yeah, a brilliant riposte from Dawn. She was not having any of that crap from Paul. <laughs> did you notice as well, though, that she brought plants? So she was cutting edible flowers off live plants in the tent. Whereas when I wanted edible flowers, I just asked for a packet. Yeah, that's a good idea, I think, though, because sometimes when you've got the packet ones, they did come a bit wilted, especially if you're kind of using them later in the challenge. Mm, I love the fact she brought in plants. For me, that was the Mason school of using weird machinery. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't working for me. I forget what her flavours were, but they seemed quite nice, I think. Yes, she had apple and orange and things like that. Yeah, sounded nice. Actually, all of them... This was one of the signatures where, for this year, I was like, I wanted to try all of their signatures. And they all sounded quite nice, I think. I mean, Dawn's apparently had a lot more topping than the others, which I'm imagining everyone was quite jealous of. In the end, though, they all kind of came out quite evenly, I think. Well, Carol... Well, yeah, sorry. (laughs) I actually burst out laughing when it came on the screen and Carol's were called My Little Beauties. (laughs) They, They were so far from beautiful. But like you say, I wanted to eat those if they'd gone correctly because plums like a bit tarter than the sweet. Do you know what? I'm happy to eat raw cake batter. When I was younger, I used to double the batter and eat half of it raw and eat half of it cooked because I just, I love cake batter. So do you know what, Carol? I'd have been all for your little burnt plum beauties (laughs) and your chin chili, of course. (laughs) So basically we're saying probably they were all quite even apart from Kevin and Carol at the bottom, but we don't agree with that. So basically it was even Stevens. No, I I think I do agree that Carol was at the bottom, to be fair, (laughs) for for a a baking show. (laughs) And if you've presented raw, cake i think probably yes oh, i disagree with kevin being in the bottom um there you are sorry carol i love you you know i love you i think she's incredible and i'm gutted about what happened but it was fair <laughs> so moving on to the technicale lemon meringue pie i've not written down you know when you you do this so professionally mike you tell me how long they had i've just literally written lemon meringue pie <laughs> don't know how long they had but i do know that they didn't have a lot of method written down this This is exactly what a technical challenge should be. I was absolutely obsessed with this. The instructions were, make a lemon meringue pie. And like, obviously, if I saw that in the tent, I would be gutted (laughs) because I'd be like, oh my God, there's not enough time. But like, they should know how to make a lemon curd. They should know how to make a short crust pastry. They should know how to make a meringue. It's so clever. It's so smart. It's a brilliant challenge. What did you think? I 100% agree with you. I do think, as you've pointed out before, though, the good thing about this one and the reason they could do it for this challenge was that all three of those elements, if you just have the ingredients list and you've got the right amounts, they're not difficult. Like the curd, you literally chuck it in a pan, heat it up and beat it. And yeah, everyone should be able to make short crust. I guess the only challenging thing was for someone like Shabira, who doesn't actually necessarily know what it is that could be tough but everyone should know what but even Shabir like I'm pretty certain we'll have seen Shabir make a pastry we'll have seen her make a curd she'll have made a meringue like she knows the elements 
And like once you get to it, like the ingredients list will say for the curd, for this, for that, whatever, you know, like do, just do what Dawn did last week during the guacamole challenge and just make sure you're following the ingredients and work backwards from that. Did you notice on the perfect, perfect tart that the meringue was about three times the amount of lemon curd filling? I know that was so rude. I think they'd used an Italian meringue as well to do that one. Yeah, it didn't look like French. French doesn't normally get that much height when it's a topping, does it? Nope. Am I right or am I wrong? (laughs) 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 You're welcome for that one. You can have that one for free. That is the best pun of this episode. We're not (laughs) going to get a better one than that. Michael, how did... I was watching and then I couldn't be able to rewind and check. How did Dawn get so little filling? Because they all got the same amount of things. I'm, I genuinely couldn't work it out. Did she use some of the other ingredients for something? Like I couldn't work out how it ended up... Because it doesn't reduce. Curd doesn't reduce. It thickens. No. Did she forget to put butter in or... Or maybe there was a certain volume of water to like boost up the juice because otherwise there would be not enough and maybe she forgot to put the water in. I could not work it out. I don't know. I, I couldn't work out what she'd done and I felt so gutted for her especially when matt was like it's probably a lot better than you think and she just looked him dead in the eye and went i don't think so (laughs) no and it's terrible when it's something you've baked again and again and especially if you've said it at the start of the episode that just haunts you in your head on repeat Mm. like i had that with bread carol 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 who's always got a soggy bottom i have (laughs) i mean she didn't but she does i did notice sandro baking the pastry he basically he lets his flop over the side and then trims it later did you notice that i do that as well yeah so you're an edge flopper i'm an edge flopper yeah if you don't do that it's basically if you've let your pastry rest really well it's okay but if you're if you don't have as much resting time then the pastry shrinks more because of the gluten so I'm, i'm an edge flopper Resting time is good to make sure that all the moisture um, goes. (laughs) But I tend to, I'm not a flopper. I'm a trimmer. I'm a trimmer rather than a flopper. But anyway, each to your own. Hey, I loved when they came in for judging. Prue was like, none of you needed a recipe, see? And then tore into all of them (laughs) for the next 10 minutes. And it was like, well, maybe they did. (laughs) I felt a bit bad for Kevin because they mentioned his had slightly fallen apart, but actually he just kind of launched onto the plate. Yeah, I think if he'd been a bit more gentle, his would have been right up at the top. I also felt for um, Abdul because they he clearly baked his pastry so well that it had shrunk off the tin and he lifted it out using the base. But because it was a, a loose bottomed tin, as it were, because he'd been slacking it off earlier, they basically <laughs> he his hand went through. It was like he kind of fisted the tin and it yeah. just kind of broke. It just kind of broke. The, <laughs> he wasn't expecting such a big hole, was he? <laughs> You shouldn't have done all that slackening off, honestly. The fist just slipped right through. <laughs> I wrote I wrote down a list of things that were said, were said in the judging, um, and I'm just going to go quick fire through them. Sandro, leaky bottom. Abdul, noticeable crack, I'll say. Dawn, not enough filling. Carol, soggy both top and bottom, and middle, really. Kevin, holes all over the place. Shabira, thick and raw. Maxi, lovely crisp bottom. So there you go. That's all of them. And Yanush was boring because his was just perfect. <laughs> They are absolutely brilliant. So the ranking was bottom Shabira, which was gutting, but she's creative enough. She was never going to go home. Third was Maxi. Second was Abdul. And first was Yanush. And I loved when he was like, made the pie, won the pie. Great. (laughs) Which is like the complete opposite of James Acaster back in that awful celebrity challenge. He was like, started making it, had a breakdown. Bon appetit. It was like the opposite of that, which was great. (laughs) Shabira, I loved a little bit afterwards where Shabira was like, note for next time eat all the shit British desserts because I might have to do them. But first of all, it's actually not British. It's actually French. Uh, And second of all, there's not going to be a next time, Shibira. Sorry. And also, what's more British than stealing things from other countries? Let's be real. It's the Great British Bake Off. Most of the things that we have and we claim to be British are from everywhere else in the world. This is true. Showstopper, 
This is a bit of a mouthful. It was a, had to be a visually spectacular mousse baked dessert with a surprise inside. It needed three further dessert elements, one of which needed to be baked. And in four and a half hours. I'm going to say I loved this challenge. I genuinely loved this challenge. I mean, they did a version of this, like with a kind of surprise middle with cakes on a Christmas special, like years and years ago. And I think perhaps with the mousses, it was a little simpler, but I really enjoyed this. I thought it was actually a really good challenge. What did you think? I thought it was a good challenge. However, I didn't want to eat anything anyone was making. They all sounded a little bit disgusting. And like, especially you know, putting buttercream on a mousse. Who is going to eat that? Oh, I didn't even think of that. Oh yeah, no, that's a, that's a no from me. But like the mousses is my favorite thing. I love a mousse. I love eating them. What is it? Mousses? Meese? I was thinking that when they were playing it. I, they said mousses. I think it's just moose. I think it's just plural. A plural, like sheep. You don't say sheeps. It's like a, a sheep is a singular and a plural. So perhaps so is moose. But anyway, I thought all their yeah. mousses were great. This is a weird challenge in dessert week when you get to the showstopper because there's so much setting time. In the tent, it's like a reverse bread week because in the bread week, when you're waiting for them all to rise and to prove and to bake... It's like dessert week, you have to sit and wait for them to set. And that's like, a, it's a weird tension. We played Knots and Crosses, didn't we, in our week? Yeah, I, the issue with gelatin, there's always a gelatin issue. Like, do you put too much in, like I did, and it's like rubber. Or do you put too little, it's not going to set properly. Sometimes when you freeze or you add too much heat, then it kind of wrecks the gelatin. So it kind of always seems to be a gelatin week. Yeah, Carol was definitely using a recipe for a rubber ball, apparently. Um, 30 leaves of gelatin in that. 30, 30 <laughs> leaves of gelatin. I mean, like, that's like, is she making like a rubber band? Like, what's happening here? But her strawberry mousse was fine. So did she just put all that gelatin in the chocolate one? I don't know. I mean, to be fair, I didn't use any gelatin in my year and I should have done making those bombs because mine was a bit loose at the bottom. Classic. Abdul can relate. Um, But yeah, I felt like it was just, I don't know. I feel like her recipe was never going to work out for her, but I was so rooting for her because she's such a great person in that tent and like if you took her away from the tent this week there'd have been a lot less joy because even when she's having a horrible time she's just funny it did look a bit like a terrine by the end didn't it really yeah carol didn't look very sophisticated she didn't have any of her fluorescent buttercreams but it actually was quite a solid bake for her compared to the previous two challenges um abdul what do you think about Abdul's? Abdul's was quite small. I don't. Size does not matter. So here's the thing, actually, because I, I never baked anything as big as what was in the showstoppers. So I, I made my first showstopper for the Bake Off as like a practice, and it was about the size of like a normal cake. And I got told that I had to at least triple the size because it was too small. So I'm not about that. Let's not waste the food. I genuinely loved, and it's not just because he's Abdul, I loved his concept. I thought the idea was really smart. I thought the floating planets inside was clever because actually they don't have to sit anywhere specific they can just kind of be put in and if they move and fall then that's fine that doesn't matter um and his mirror glaze was stunning it was stunning but obviously when it's the final thing and Prue said it was stunning but when you saw him put it on you knew that was congealed and so he was going to have problems when they actually tasted it but i agree i thought abdul really smashed this whole week i agree i mean talking of his gelatinous glaze dawn's white thin slightly thick glaze looked a little bit suspect when she was dribbling that around didn't it (laughs) We've all seen that before, Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> I did feel sorry for Dawn all around this week. Hers didn't look very pretty, but she did save it because some of it did taste quite nice, which is good. I think she'd had a crisis of confidence, hadn't she, though? Because of the technical, it had really knocked her confidence. And it just, it's like once one thing crumbles in the tent, you kind of your confidence falls as you go forward. I have to say, though, she was the only person who was trying to do such a complex thing with, like, she had to set set both of her surprises, had to be set before they went into the mousse cake. So it was complex. And actually, the flavours, 
were perfect and hers was some of the only mooses that were actually not solid and rubbery so props to dawn she's still my queen i'm still fighting for her and we got her to swear she swore hooray we got a swear from dawn <laughs> i agreed on had a lot of complex issues as she pushed the boat whereas people like kevin and maxi they were probably a little bit too simple um, right. and if you're going to go simple it then has to be perfect Yanush, once again so clever that cake around the edge to kind of help with the structure was such a genius idea but i love mm. the fact on instagram i saw this morning he put fun fact my cupcake inside was the pride flag it's like Fun fact. I mean, everyone saw that. <laughs> like, who didn't see that? Yanush, we get it. You're gay. Honestly, Yanush. Like, we've got it. Rainbow surprise. It's not a surprise. We all know. You walked onto the screens and we knew. Also, though, his cake was very similar to last week's. I mean, the boy loves a drip. To be fair, like, I think his was the most exquisite thing in the tent this week. It just looked perfect. It was like he had so much more time than everyone else somehow. It just looked absolutely exquisite i loved kevin's buried bone my oh my um, yeah. <laughs> and um did you notice on the side of his bone cutter there was like a little green sticker to like prove it was his do you remember we used to have stickers on all of our belongings in the tent i don't know where they got those stickers from i still have cake tins with these pink stickers on three years later they were good good stickers yeah so those stickers, basically, whenever you bring in your equipment from home, they stick a sticker on it so you know you get it when you get home. I've still got my lunchbox with a wee brown sticker on it. Is it weird they gave me a brown one? Let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice that Shabira took inspiration from a packet of lube for her showstopper? Because she wanted it to be, quote, pleasurable, tingling feeling. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure I've seen on the edge of a Durex bottle at some point. <laughs> Shabira stressed me out this week. I, when she was pouring things on and it was, then she was having to put cocktails in, I just wanted to put it in the fridge. Like, get it yeah. in the fridge. I felt like it was one of those ones that, you know, when you've got a tart and you're pouring in custard, you should pour the custard into the tart base while it's in the oven so it doesn't slop everywhere. I felt like she should have done the same thing with the jelly onto the biscuit in the fridge so that it wouldn't move too much. But also, do you want a soggy biscuit in jelly? Like, the jelly would surely make the biscuit go soft. I don't know. It felt like it was... Yeah, the rest of her bake seemed on point and she really struggled topping. Her topping was a struggle. And then Paul, from having too many watermelons in the first one, was having not enough melon in the second. But again, her flavours, she's pushing the boat, she's trying new things. She's. I genuinely think she's one to watch. I hope she can hold her nerve because I think she gets quite nervous in the tent. Her flavours, her techniques, the things she's bringing to the tent, I genuinely don't think we've seen before and I really hope we get more of her. I loved that Prue came up to Sandra at the beginning and said... Quote, I don't have a huge amount of confidence in this, but you do usually pull it off. So that is now from Prue's mouth what he's doing in his apron pockets is he's pulling it off. That's what's happening there. Oh, no. Sandro's <laughs> seemed, Sandro's was impressive. His was one of the ones where I was like, I don't want to eat something that's just covered in buttercream when there's a mousse inside. And mm. yes, it was good, but he also had all the kit. Sometimes I'm more impressed with people who manage to pull it off where they've just got a cake. Like, like Rev smashing a tin with a hammer. Like I like it when people just use random tins and still manage to make it. I couldn't work out whether the underneath was a mousse as well. Like if you cut upwards, I couldn't work out. I don't think it was, or maybe it was. Who knows? We never know. And in any case, it did look like something that a professional might make. Um, but yeah. he came out on top. Uh, so Sandro won. And then bottom, the soggy bottom was the, the love of our lives, Compost Carol. Compost Carol. I saw that someone said Compost Carol's reign of error is now come to an end <laughs> i'm honestly going to miss her so much and on like watching her her leaving speech was quite emotional this week i got a bit of a tear in my eye like i felt like she genuinely has achieved so much and i hope she's really proud of what she did next week though have we seen them all dressed up for halloween and abdul is dressed as an astronaut i am going to evaporate 
<laughs> yeah, and we're going to see lots of makeup sliding off their faces, I think. Sloughing off, maybe. Ooh, I love a good slough. Well, that's that for this week. Unless you're on our OnlyFans, that is. Very true. Right after this, we're going to have an extra gossip about this week's episode and anything else that comes to mind, really. Want in? You know what to do. Join us at patreon.com forward stroke sticky bomb boys. Producer Alex, play the ad. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. As ever, our inbox is bulging, which is something we always like to see. The first question we have in there is from Alison. And when I say question, it's lots of questions. So we're going to quick fire it again, David. You're going to have to give us like five words max to answer each question. You ready? Oh, yeah. What is the difference between a cookie and a biscuit? A biscuit is a cookie in the UK. That's more than five. Um, oh, I would say one bends, one snaps. No? Oh, yeah. But I think because Americans, a biscuit is like a scone. It's like a flaky scone. So that's why she's confused. Basically, we call them the same things, Alison. But like in Britain, a cookie kind of is bendy in the middle and it's kind of got chips in it. Not chips, um, not crisps, like chocolate chips. Oh, God. <laughs> and then biscuits. You can snap him at the end or you can dunk him. Snap and dunk or bend. Does everyone in the UK know all of these different biscuits by name? Yeah, I think all the biscuits we talk about are pretty common biscuits. Would the average person be able to describe a wagon wheel or a Jaffa cake or a Garibaldi? That's the same question. Yes to wagon wheel and Jaffa cake. I think some people struggle with Garibaldi's, but... They'd call it a squash fly biscuit, probably. Um, Yeah. Exactly how much... Oh, here you are. Apparently she thinks you're the pie expert of the world. Exactly how much savoury pie does the average Brit eat in a year? Google it, Alison. I don't know. Savoury pie. Does she mean like mince pies? Not like mince pies, but like pies with mince in them. Yeah, like a chicken and mushroom or something. I don't eat any, so... In Scotland, you get more of them, I think. Like a kind of like, you'll go to the bakery and you'll get a pie rather than like a sausage roll or whatever. But not much. 
Is the season that was asked to bake an American pie aware that not a single one of them made anything resembling actually what we bake and eat in America? I don't know which episode she's referring to. What was that? What episode was that? <laughs> she, she carries on. Have any of them ever repented for the ways in which they disparaged us whilst also slaughtering our pie culture? Oh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is American pie culture? Like a cherry pie, a slice of cherry pie? I think that they, they eat them out of the tin, don't they? I don't really know. I have no idea. I really don't know. And also, are they trying to claim... I mean, apple pie is not American. We had apple pies. And I also feel if we're going to talk about disparaging cultures, we should probably go to Mexico and Japan first. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This one is from Anon. So let's call them... I think we're back to Paul. Is bigger always better? Or are petty fours ultimately more satisfying? I mean, bigger isn't always better. It depends on where it's going. And (laughs) I... I mean, petty fours are lovely. What do you think, Michael? Do you know what? I feel like we put too much emphasis on size when it comes to everything, but including desserts. Like, I don't want a massive dessert. I don't want one. Okay, I would much rather... I don't actually, to be fair, have a sweet tooth that's come up before, but I would much rather a couple of bites of, oh, that was nice, and oh, that was nice. I'd rather not have to kind of work my way through a cake because if someone gives me a massive slice of cake, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like this weird thing that I grew up with wanting to finish my plate, but I will eat it all. So even if it's massive, I'm going to get it all in. But I would rather have something a bit smaller, is what I'm going to say. I also would like to have lots of small ones rather than one bigger one. (laughs) I heard that about you. Tragically heterosexual, so-called by themselves. I can only sympathise with you for your horrible, awful life choices. Um, Hello, boys. Aside from prunes for David and cardamom for Michael, what are your baking pantry must-haves that may be missing from people's cupboards? Absolutely loving the pod so far. Thanks for being a bright spot in the week. Exo, tragically heterosexual. Go on, what's yours first? <laughs> I would say, going with the theme of Sticky Bum Boys, I would say malt extract. It's kind of sweet mm. and earthy and very, very sticky. Yeah, and I'm going to go with I'm going to go with sage. I think during autumn, autumn times, anything I make has got sage in it. If you infuse like cream or butter with sage before you make whatever you're making, I make a gorgeous sage caramel. I think it's absolutely stunning. I think that's an amazing thing. But malt extract's really lovely in cakes. It kind of gives them like a a more rounded taste, right? I think yeah, I'm a bit of a baking fad person because a baking what person baking fad like go for fads oh because fad. i also i remember going through a bay phase once where i put i infused everything with bay leaves and that was amazing mm. and i want to go back to it so i think yeah i like to rotate i don't want to have like one thing that i always go to apart from peanut butter uh, and prunes as we all know you like to rotate through the small things so the final person we have for this week is Stephen, and it's a story are you ready settle in uh-huh. strap in recently i met up with someone from orange facebook so for, for the Hetties among us, that is Grinder, And we got down to it. But when it came to the end, there's no way to say this delicately, he counted down from five, like we were about to launch a rocket. I didn't have the heart to say anything at the time, <laughs> so I pretended like I didn't want to fling myself from the nearest roof and acted like I was into it, joining in with the countdown. There was a lot of eye contact from the number three, I must say. <laughs> I need to not be the only person to know that this happened. I lift it, so you have to hear it. <laughs> oh, Stephen. Why did he join in? <laughs> yeah, that's the bit. Why did he join in? Also, I want to know if he joined in with launch, because surely launch didn't happen when the countdown started. It's like the big ball that drops in New York. Everyone counting. Oh. Wow. <laughs> oh well um thank you Stephen. you're in our thoughts 
But I genuinely want to know, there's no way that he could have actually launched. Well, I think the other person launched, but maybe not Stephen. <laughs> Stephen was along for the ride. <laughs> Literally. I'm crying. <laughs> that's your lot thank you so much for listening as always please do keep spreading the word if each of you told just one person about this amazing podcast we'll be able to keep reaching more and more soggy bottoms around the world and all we want really is soggy bottom domination that's not too much to ask is it so to help us spread our very own gay agenda please remember to subscribe rate and review us wherever you're listening right now go on do it right now we'll wait done it great thanks (laughs) remember if you have any dating disasters baking fumbles or stupid stories the ones that we're coming to love if you'd like to share them with us please send them over to stickybunboys at gmail.com we seem to be coming a bit of a confessional for dating horror stories and we love it we really do we read every single message and we love getting them so please do keep on sending them that's it from us for this week so we'll see you next time where Halloween is coming early to the tent and we'll have our very first extra special guest joining us to dive into that spooky bun boys inbox (laughs) before you start guessing it isn't elena this time of year she's busy dancing around campfires and cackling over cauldrons and all that nonsense but it is someone who's a fellow spooky soul and we can't wait for them to join us see you next week and remember keep them sticky shall we count down five (laughs) four three Three. ah two (laughs) one the end Ready for the boring bit? Let's go. The Sticky Bun Boys are not endorsed by or affiliated with Love Productions, The Great British Bake Off, or any of its subsidiaries. All views and opinions are our own. The Great British Bake Off and all related content are registered trademarks and copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. Very professional, David. In one breath. (laughs) We're all just having a bit of fun, aren't we? (laughs) Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.